0: I'm Mark Vinette, and this is The Story of America. We're taking a break from our usual episodic fare for something very different. Esteemed podcaster Steve Guerra invited me on his show, Beyond the Big Screen, to discuss the Mel Gibson movie Apocalypto, set in Mesoamerica during the Aztec Empire and Mayan civilization. I hope you enjoy the interview.
1: I am very happy to be joined by Mark Vinette, and we are going to talk about the incredible movie Apocalypto from 2006. This is really, truly one of the greatest movies of all time, at least in my opinion. We are going to talk about the history and the real background behind this amazing movie. I will set this up just a little bit before we dig in uh, into kind of the nitty-gritty of this movie but just kind of a 10,000-foot view. Um, Apocalypto is a movie set in approximately 1500 CE Mesoamerica. The film uh, was directed, written, produced, and all of the above by Mel Gibson. The movie was released right after Mel Gibson had a uh, famous drunk driving incident where he had an anti-Semitic rant. And uh, that kind of... Cast a shadow over the movie, but so just to put that into a little bit of context as we go into the conversation, the movie was completely filmed using a Mesoamerican native language, commonly called Maya, which again we'll get in, or Mayan, which we'll get into a little bit more detail about that because that's a really interesting facet of the movie. The cast featured entirely Native American and or Mexican actors, including Rudy Youngblood, Dalia Hernandez, Raul Trujillo, and many more. Uh, a lot of these actors uh, would be more well-known in Mexican film oftentimes um, than they would be in more um, of a U.S.-based film market. I think that this movie to me, just to set the stage where I've come from with the movie, it really captures humanity in all of its best and its worst. I really feel like the, this movie was a masterpiece in storytelling. And as usual, we won't go through the movie scene by scene. And I highly suggest you watch this movie, listen to the episode, then watch the movie again. And, uh, uh I've, I was, when I rewatched this movie in the last, um, week, I think, it's. I've probably seen the movie a dozen times, and I get more out of it each time. So that's why I'm really glad, Mark, that you were uh, able to come on and discuss this movie. Uh, so I know I'll watch it again. But so, Mark, why don't you set us up a little bit about some of the background and the history of Mesoamerica and the Maya
0: the plot of this movie, Steve, isn't particularly original. It's, it's a fast-paced chase movie in the end. Very few films are set in Mesoamerica, which is a historical region and cultural area that includes central and southern Mexico. It's an area that I examine in, in episodes 8, 9, and 11 of my own podcast. And within this region, I take a close look at the pre-Columbian enlightened societies. Now, pre-Columbian, of course, meaning what happened in North America before Christopher Columbus sailed in 1492. Now, the enlightened societies in this region flourished for thousands of years before the Spanish colonization of the region. Mesoamerica was the site of one of the most profound historical transformations in history, at the same level as Mesopotamia in the Middle East. Mesoamerica is one of the five areas in the world where ancient civilization arose independently, and one of only three regions where writing is known to have developed on its own. When you think of that, it's just mind boggling that so much was happening in such a small, restrained area. That particular area is defined by its cultural traits, its religious traditions, and we see a lot of this in the movie. There were Three major civilizations that arose in Mesoamerica before Columbus arrived. And the first major civilization was called the Olmecs Civilization, O-L-M-E-C-S. And they began to occupy the area around 1500 BCE up to about 400 BCE. They laid many of the foundations for the great civilizations that followed. And at this point, it's key to understand the timeline. So all you listeners who are chronologically challenged folks, and I know a lot of smart people who are challenged in this way, the Mayan civilization began around 500 BCE and came before the Aztec Empire. So many people I speak to get the two mixed up, or they think that both of them flourished in a parallel fashion. But actually it was the Mayan civilization that developed first in the BCE years. They reached their most Advanced point around 450 CE and then began their decline, rapid decline, as a matter of fact, in about 900 CE. And it's after them that the Aztec took over and basically conquered the area during the 1400s, right up until the Spanish arrived and conquered them. Now, a lot of what we see in the movie to me is a mixture of Mayan and Aztec civilization because the movie takes place, I think at the beginning of the film, Steve, they say they mentioned the year 1502. At that point, Mayan civilization was on the decline big time. Most of their huge mega cities had been abandoned around the year 900. And although their civilization continued, especially in the Yucatan Peninsula, where the movie takes place, they were really on the skids. It was the Aztecs who were in control, and who were extremely powerful and had these wonderful, large, huge cities that were their power base. Now, Mel Gibson made, I think, an artistic choice to focus on one civilization, the Mayan, and he gave them much more power and importance, I think, in the movie at the time that it was set in 1500 than he sh- perhaps should have, because it was really the Aztec that were controlling that whole area. So, He Hollywoodized the the history a bit, but to great effect, because as you know, if, if a film just goes left and right in different directions, then the audience often has difficulty following. But when Mayan civilization began encountering difficulties in the ninth century, we still don't have an accepted theory that explains their collapse. But a lot of the reasons that have been proposed, we see in the movie, there's rebellion, There's civil war, there's overpopulation resulting in severe environmental degradation, and there's drought. All these things are hinted at in the movie with respect to what happened to the Maya hundreds of years before that was also happening to the Aztec at this point in time.
1: It's a big movie, and I think um, maybe a good place to start is that they kind of set up a juxtaposition between the village where um, the main character lives. And the big city, and it's kind of a hero journey of the main character going from a village life that's really very hunter-gatherer, and then they show this complicated and complex city. Was that kind of how the the society was organized back then? Were there bands of hunter-gatherers living parallel to extremely sophisticated city dwellers?
0: Yes, there were especially uh, during the, uh, the Aztec years, the main city, the capital city, Tenochtitlan, it was built and structured in a way that it was not controlling its territory by force, but more by allowing the cities to run themselves, uh, to be in control of their own internal affairs, but by giving tribute a few times a year to the, uh, the capital city. So as long as they got their tribute, That's what was important to the Aztec. The Mayans had more of a hands-on approach, and that included not only the villages, but also other city-states. So, yes, that is a realistic way of presenting how the civilization was structured. You had enormous, highly developed and advanced and sophisticated civilizations and prosperous cities alongside smaller villages.
1: years of adulthood, you know, just picking up on articles here and there along the way of um, Mesoamerican archaeology, it seems to have drastically changed over the years and things that they thought for sure a couple of years ago get completely blown out of the water with new evidence. What was the general character, I guess, of what we know, at least uh, as of today in 20, late 2020, early 2021? What do we know about the sophistication level of their cities and maybe a little bit of how they were organized?
0: Maya cities were located in places that controlled trade routes and that could supply essential products. And they tended to be dispersed and were subject to irregular expansion with the haphazard growth outwards from the core. So that's how their cities. Would be built. The city centers were occupied by ceremonial and administrative complexes and surrounded by an irregular sprawl of residential districts. Around these cities, they would tap into the natural resources. And we see this in the movie. At one point, we realize that the forests around the large city are being depleted. We also uh, see them mining for limestone, which they use in various manners and various ways. In the city. And to create one ton of limestone, you had to cut down five tons of trees. So we see them depleting their resources. That's one thing that we've known for a while, but that has been re emphasized by more recent discoveries. With regards to the political rule, well, that was centered on the concept of the divine king who acted as a mediator between mortals and the supernatural realm. And this kingship was patrilineal. And the power would normally pass to the eldest son. Now, a prospective king was also expected to be a successful military leader for the Mayan world that was dominated by warring superpowers. So there was a lot more internal wars and civil wars going on during this era than most people thought, perhaps a generation or two ago. It was often believed that the Maya were the more peaceful of the civilizations from Mesoamerica and the Aztecs were more violent. But with time, we've realized that the Mayans also practiced blood sacrifice on a human and an animal level that was extremely high. And it was widespread throughout all of the Mesoamerican cultures and a theme in the Mayan religion.
1: The beginning of the movie, the whole stage is set when kind of a bucolic, ideal village, hunter-gatherer village is attacked By a band of warriors. And we see pretty quickly that they're there 100% to catch the people. They're not there to destroy the village and maybe take their stuff. This war band is there to capture the people. And initially, when I first saw the movie, I'm thinking, well, they're there to take them as slaves. And that's not necessarily what all of them are being taken for. But maybe we could first talk about slavery and how what maybe in the in the Mesoamerican culture, how did they view slavery? Was it in a similar context as maybe we see it in the, the European or Western mindset? Or was it a different uh, version of slavery? Not that any versions good, but different, you might say.
0: Well, as we know, uh, slavery has been part of, of human societies uh, for thousands of years. And in Mesoamerica, slavery developed for all the common reasons that helped develop the practice everywhere else. Basically, for an exercise of power, control, and for free labor. Mesoamerican civilizations and the cities that were built were often built on the back of slave labor. Now, slaves were also... Employed in the practice of human sacrifice, which was to win favors from their many gods. The sacrifice was a religious activity, as we said, in Maya culture, and involved the killing of both humans and animals. And bloodletting or auto sacrifice by the members of the community was prevalent and superintended by priests. Human sacrifice was very complex, it was a brutal ritual which was performed in honor of the gods. Every sacrifice had to be meticulously planned from the type of victim to the specific ceremony needed for the god. The sacrificial victims were usually captured warriors, like in our movie, but sometimes slaves. I don't think in Apocalypto, our heroes who were captured were not captured to be slaves. As we find out, they were captured to be sacrificed. Now, the women, the women were sold into slavery, and we see that in the movie. And the older folks, uh, one in particular, is just abandoned and not even sold because there's no buyers. But with respect to the men, they're seen as warriors and they are seen as high-level sacrifice victims depending upon the god and the needed ritual. Now, the higher the rank of the warrior, the better he was considered as a sacrifice. The victims would then take on a persona of the god they were to be sacrificed for. And they were often housed, fed, and dressed accordingly. This process could last up to a year, and that's not the case in the film, of course. It is a two-hour movie, and things have to move ahead, and everything is very concentrated within a few days. So they're captured, they're marched to the capital city, then offered for sacrifice. But in reality, a lot of these sacrificial victims were prepared one year in advance, and when the sacrificial day finally arrived, the victims would participate in the specific ceremonies of the deity and were sometimes drugged in order to exhaust the victims so that they could not struggle during the horrifying ceremony. Then the priest performed the sacrifice, usually at the top of the pyramid, and each victim would be laid upon a table, held down, and subsequently have their hearts cut out. In my opinion, Apocalypto portrayed a type of human sacrifice which was more typical of the Aztecs than of the Maya. That's where I think both cultures were fused for Hollywood purposes. That's a,
1: something that I've been thinking about, is and especially since you've been and you've brought it brought it up, is that the the movie focuses in on these people who are Maya, but you're saying by about the year fifteen hundred, they had been kind of on the down and outs for a good five hundred years, and it was really the Aztecs, and they're displaying more of the Aztec culture. Was the what were kind of the maybe the the big differences that we could uh, wrap our minds around between Aztec culture in the 1500s and maybe peak Mayan culture.
0: Firstly, the Mayan culture and civilization lasted for about a thousand years. And that's why we refer to it as historians as the Mayan civilization or the Mayan culture. The Aztecs was much more concentrated and didn't last as long. And we refer to them usually as an empire, the Aztec empire which was an alliance of three city-states that ruled the area in and around the Valley of Mexico from 1428 until 1521 when they were defeated by the Spanish. Now, many folks think that it was just a few hundred Spanish soldiers with modern weapons who conquered the great and mighty Aztec Empire. In actual truth, it was the Spanish conquistadors who allied themselves with the many, many Aztec enemies who were native of the area and decided to all join together and defeat the empire. And that's what actually happened. But the Aztec were very controlling and they were often viewed throughout history as more brutal or more brutes than the Mayans. And I think that's one of the reasons why Mel Gibson preferred telling the story of the Mayas instead of the Aztecs, I think he saw the Mayans as being a bit more sophisticated in their culture than the Aztecs. Uh, For example, the Aztec military leader, Talacal, who was the leader of the capital that I mentioned, Tenochtitlan, he was the principal architect of the Aztec Triple Alliance and hence the uh, Aztec Empire. He also instigated a policy of burning the books of conquered Mesoamerican peoples with the aim of erasing all memories of pre-Aztec past. So that's just a hint at how the Aztecs did not necessarily respect the histories and pasts and cultures of their tributary city-states.
1: So that was actually an Aztec who planned the book burning?
0: Yes, it's not discussed very much in history. What's usually discussed is the Spanish who eventually, the Spanish priests and clergy who eventually burned Mesoamerican books. But ironically, before the Spanish arrived, Aztec leaders were burning books themselves. So we can see clearly that burning of books is a kind of universal when it comes to wanting to erase the history of conquered peoples. That
1: adds another layer to the fact that of the the con- the conquest of Mexico by the Spanish in particular is the fact that they used they played alliances against the Aztecs of native alliances and that it wasn't just uh, Cortez comes in. It's like 25 guys. They uh, take out a civilization of millions of a highly technical uh, civilization who, I mean, they didn't have metallurgy, but they had really effective weaponry and they were far, far numerically superior, it really, the, the standard telling that you might get in your, um, hel- your elementary or even your high school education of the conquest of Mexico, really, it takes away the agency uh, of the, the Mesoamericans and the, the Aztecs.
0: With respect to Mesoamericans, they were weakened By civil wars and by internal conflicts between the different cultures, the different nations, the different city states. And it's what we think is one of the main reasons why they were defeated so handily and so easily by the Spanish. That and many other reasons, Uh, environmental depletion, but internal strife amongst Amerindians is one of the key factors. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us next time for the final part of this special interview. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the story. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calatrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking calatrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, That's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.